Hi there. Welcome to Sound Off Podcast. Now, each week, we strive to empower, inform, highlight, and deal with topics of concern that are relevant to youth and adults. I'm Claudine Schofield, community leader, educator, and hope pusher. Now, each week, our guests will include professionals from all walks of life. And some of our topics will include, but not limited to, mental health, financial literacy, goal setting, health and wellness, and topics that enlights and empower. And guess what? We'll also have lots of fun. And so we invite you to join the conversation. And this week, we're really honored to have a replay, and we'll be joined by Dr. Ebony Morant, and she will discuss overcoming the stigma of mental illness and much more. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to Sound Off. Good morning to you, all of our amazing listeners. We welcome you to Sound Off. We're heard weekly on your favorite radio station, in addition to our Apple podcast. Uh, my name is Claudine Lance Schofield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Renee. Nate Butler. Good morning to you. Good morning, Sco. How are you? I am doing well, Amanda. I hope you are as well. Yes, everything's great. We are elated, and it seems like every week we have the best guests because we have the beautiful, the anointed, the very articulate, intelligent Dr. Ebony Morant as our special guest on this morning. I'm telling you, man, let's clap it up. We're just so excited to have you, uh, Dr. Morant. And so what I would like for you to do, if you would take the opportunity to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hello, hello. It is such an honor and a privilege to be with you here today at Sound Off. My name is Dr. Ebony Morant. I am currently a rehabilitative behavior health therapist with the Georgetown County School District, servicing the elementary children and serving middle school, high school, and parents. Um, I currently I received a doctorate in health administration and leadership. I'm so excited to be able to use it in our school district for our community, our children, our parents. Um, I'm also a licensed clinical social worker. Um, just loving the area of behavior health and mental health. That is my passion. Well, you know, again, thank you so much for uh, taking the opportunity to come by. And that's what we're going to talk about on this morning. Um, you, you and I know, and Amanda as well, listen, since this pandemic, uh, I think it's been a buzzword. And I don't know if people really understood that they probably dealt with it before. But I think going through COVID-19 and the pandemic has really brought it to the forefront. And so the first thing I would like for you to do, if you um, would kind of define mental health or mental illness as it relates to what we're going to be talking about on this morning. Okay. A mental health and mental illness are two different things. A okay. mental health, we all have a mental health. A mental health is how we feel mentally. Um, it could be low. It could be high. It could be mundane. The weather can affect mental health, how you, your, your body sicknesses, um, whether, um, um, Holidays can affect mental health. Just a plethora of life experiences can affect that. A mental illness is a diagnosis that you have. It can be a depressive disorder. It can be um, a personality disorder, uh, impulsive disorder. It can be it can be those type of things that have to be diagnosed by a doctor or a, a clinician. Wow, and see. 
I'm glad that you explained that. So thank you so much for that, Dr. Moran. Uh, coming to you, Amanda, what did you have? I think a big topic that has been going on since the pandemic is the mental health um, of our students in schools. Um, can you kind of tell us, as you were working with um, elementary school students, can you tell us some of the impacts that you've seen? Mental health has been a challenge before the pandemic, but since the pandemic, mm -hmm. the statistics haven't even fully come in yet because the pandemic hasn't uh, completely ended yet. A mental illness with our children has been a complete wraparound effect. As us adults are still trying to figure out some things, our children in their youth, in their immaturity, mm -hmm. um, and they're taking their cues from us as adults and we're figuring out things. It's caused a degree of heightened anxiety. It's caused a depression. It's caused impulsivity. It's caused an array of things that have caused um, higher rates of hospitalization for children. And these are children that have not um, typically had a diagnosis, but these are children at large, children in general, that are just trying to figure out, that are just trying to absorb uh, what's going on um, and trying to figure out within themselves a normal, how to push through. So it has largely affected all children at all levels. Wow, absolutely. Uh, you know, being in education for 26, almost 27 years, I'm telling you, I've never seen the emotional state the way it is. Like Amanda said, it's, I mean, it's daily that you see. And, and unfortunately, sometimes the kids come off the bus with trauma just, to, just in their face. And so what I want to uh, uh, talk about is anxiety versus depression what is the difference sure anxiety is intense excessive and persistent worry and fear about everyday occurrences these are normal things about having to wake up early having to go to sleep late loud sounds things like that but it's intense and excessive um and this is a presented with fast heart rate um a rapid breathing sweating fidgeting, being tired, sleeping a lot, things like mm -hmm. that. Um, depression is feeling discouraged, sad, hopeless, unmotivated, or uninterested in life. Things that you normally would be engaged in and want to be engaged in, and you're no longer interested in it. Um, and you're wanting to isolate and be alone and cry a lot. That's a depression. And this is what we're seeing widespread. Mm -hmm. It's not just with our children. Right, that's it's right. Parents, mm -hmm. it's with teachers. We're all mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to interpret um, what these things look like. Um, but our children can't adapt as easily as us. That's you know, right. back in the day, uh, the elders would say, children are resilient. Children can bounce back. Yes, but this is a different. It's a different. That's right. Yeah. The pandemic is different. It's brought with it so much grief and loss, loss yeah. of all kinds. Um, it's brought with it social media. We didn't have social media back then to influence right. us, but social media in different ways TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, different type of outlets. Um, and and um, the president, um, the influences have impacted our children in a grave way, um, coupled with community biases, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, biases that are in our uh, religion, 
biases from our health um, resources and administrators who we, who we are supposed to trust. So it's hitting from all sides. Um, so we have some work to do in this area. The really sad thing is that I think I've seen the anxiety and depression um, with my students. And I think um, just some of those abrupt changes. I know that the school districts um, were making changes during the school time and then students not knowing, okay, am I hybrid? Am I virtual? How do you think all of these changes are affecting our students? Us as educators, though we have standards set by the state and the federal government, we're going to have to figure out how to, how to put the social and emotional learning piece into our learning. We're going to have to our children's emotional state is important. If their emotional state is not taken care of, how can we expect for them to learn? How can we expect for them to produce good grades if they are not emotionally well? Wow. Part of them being emotionally well is being socially connected to others. If not, we are going to create hybrids of social anxieties. Mm -hmm. So we have work to do. Special thank you to all of our sponsors. McIver and Graham Law Firm, Waccamaw Primary Care, McKeever Funeral Home, City of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Coastal Carolina University, the Guinness Paradise Daycare, and Ruby's Next Level Experience. Welcome back to Sound Off Podcast. I'm Claudine Lance Schofield, joined by my co-hostess with the mostest, Amanda Butler. And we are beyond honored to have as our very special guest on this morning, Dr. Ebony Morant. And we're talking about mental health and uh, don't want to waste a lot of time. So once again, good morning to you, Dr. Morant. Good morning. And I want to jump back into it and talk about something that was foreign to me years ago. I want to talk about the importance of self-care. At, at one point in my life, I think I took care of everybody else and neglected myself. And I'll be honest with you, I'm going to give angel-only Livingston props. She came on and we had a show about mental health. And she talked about the importance of self-care. And it's almost like the blindness got lifted. And so I want you to help the people in the back that don't see and don't hear so well. What is self-care and why is it important? This is so awesome that you brought up self-care. Self-care is vital. Self-care is essential, almost as essential as drinking water and wow. eating food. Self-care simply means that you're taking care of yourself, that you deem yourself as important enough to pause, mm -hmm. take a deep breath, to slow down, to feel, and to put you first for a moment. Traditionally, us nurturers, especially women, we take yeah. care of everybody. Yeah. We take care of our spouses, our children, our parents, our cousins, our church members, our community people. But we have to learn, and I say it loudly for the people in the back, as That's you right. said, we have to begin to take care of ourselves, to practice good self-care. And what I mean by that is eating right mm -hmm. so you can feel good, so you won't get sick. Eating right. If the doctor has already prescribed you medication for an illness, take the medication. Mm -hmm. Do your own research and figure out what you need to do to be completely healthy. It's okay to go on walks. If you don't like the outside, as I don't, right. find out something else to do to move your body, to exercise. 
Uh, go on trips. We spend so much money in fast food, mm -hmm. in clothes, in other things. Do things that bring you joy, that make you smile, that brings you happiness. Do things that connect you to good people that mean you well, that love you. If that means going on a road trip, if that means going out of the country, um, save up your coins. Do those things that make you smile. Do those things that make your heart smile. Take long, warm baths. Play some music. Burn some candles. Do those things that make you happy. If it's time to buy a new car, figure that out. Get that budget together. Make your heart smile. Take care of yourself. After all, if COVID has taught us nothing, it's taught us that life is short. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That life That's is it. very short and to take good care of yourself. And guess what? Accountability is important with self-care too. Mm -hmm. Get a partner that's yes. going to tell you the truth. Ask them, right. am I taking good care of myself? Right. What do you think I need to do? Ask somebody that's going to tell you the truth. Man, and I'm telling you, Dr. Morant, she helped all those people in the back yeah. and the people that don't hear so well. I'm telling you, that is yep. by far, like, again, I, I got to give Angel props, but it, the combination of you two, that's it. Nobody has an excuse now not to take care of themselves. Come and guess right. what? And guess what, Ms. Schofield? Mm -hmm. We have to help one another. Help mm -hmm. your pastor that's right. to practice self-care. That's right. That's oh, absolutely Help your help your teacher to practice self-care. Help your your friend next door, your your parents practice self-care. If if mom and dad is used to cooking Thanksgiving, tell them, oh, I got it this year. Right. Self-care. Whatever that needs to look like for you and your people and your tribe, do that. Wow. Yeah. Love it. I just wanted to kind of follow up with the self-care because I'm thinking about, you know, some of my fellow teachers, even some of those, you know, first responders, those who work in hospitals. What would you tell those individuals who feel, you know, so so we kind of we burned out the title essential worker. Right. Mm -hmm. So because. Um, at first, if you look at essential worker, you would think that's a good thing. That's like a badge of honor. But the more you become essential, right. um, the, the more stress that comes with it. So I want you to kind of explain to some of those individuals, like the healthcare workers, those teachers, those doctors who feel like they don't have time for self-care. Like, what would you tell them? It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. When family is pulling on you, even when job is wanting you to do the overtime, it's okay to say no, especially if you feel burnt out emotionally, mm -hmm. physically. You're just tired. You're exasperated. And this is presented as you crying a lot. You're becoming sad. You're becoming down. You're wanting to isolate. Um, you're wanting to eat too much. Eat those sugary, unhealthy comfort foods. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to push away from everybody. And to care for yourself and to say, no, I'm going to say something that's going to be a little uh, risky for some people. They may not want to hear it. It's okay to push away even from church. You're still going to be saved if you miss yeah. a Sunday off church. Okay. You're still going to have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You got to steal away yes. to stay in the bed. It's okay. It's okay for teachers to tell the other teachers or their administrators, look, I need you today. Can we combine some stuff? Mm -hmm. I can't do recess duty today. I really can't do cafeteria duty. I need a moment to mm -hmm. go in my room, close my shades, turn my light off, and put my head down mm -hmm. to listen to some music. 
to meditate, to pray, whatever that needs to look like, it's okay to advocate for yourself that I need a minute. And look, you mentioned the word stigma. And so often it's, it's been a stigma in especially the black and brown community as it relates to mental health. And so I would like for you to expound upon the fact that some days you might not be okay. And it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to admit that you do, people have issues as it relates to mental illness. How do we come back? How, how do we deal with that issue in our community in terms of the stigma that's uh, attributed to mental illness? Well, culturally, black people, the black community, we're, we present ourselves as strong. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. present ourselves as resilient and to be able to say and to put a voice and a face to mental illness would say that somebody's weak that's right that somebody's family is weak that something is wrong um back in the day a mental illness has been with us always you know everybody can think about a cousin or an uncle or an aunt who had a challenge but we just kept them in the bathroom mm -hmm. somebody kind of managed them things like that I say, it's okay to say when you're not okay. It's okay to say it, today I'm not okay. Find somebody who you can talk to, who you trust, not just saying it to everybody and anybody, certainly not putting it on social media mm -hmm. to be judged, but saying it to someone who you trust, I'm not okay. And then backing it up by saying what you need. Advocate for yourself right. and tell them what you need. I need a hug. I just need some socialization. I just Can you sit here with me? Just can you listen? If you don't need for them to necessarily give an opinion or tell you what to do with a solution, tell them what you need and, t and tell them the truth. You can't be mad at people if you didn't tell them the truth. If you didn't right. tell them what you needed, tell them the truth. If you just had a baby, tell them, I am depressed. If you're in the throes of grief and you can't find your way out of it, say, I'm stuck. Help me. We've all been in a low place. If mm -hmm. we tell the truth, right. if you mm -hmm. live any amount of life and you're 28 and up, you have, you've had a stuck feeling. It helps to have loved ones that you can trust. Even if it's just one or two, tell somebody that you can trust. If mm -hmm. you feel like you can't, we have the World Wide Web now. That's right. Google therapists. Google a few uh, uh, virtual self-help groups. You can Google yourself into a virtual um, group. For therapy where you can get some where you can discover some good coping skills and strategy to help you they are totally anonymous you don't even have to put your real government name in but you can advocate for yourself tell the truth I say it again tell the truth talk to somebody don't stay silent and tell people what you need Wow see that's the reason why we do sound off this is so such vital information. And you know, I'm not 
I'm, I'm, I'm really emotional because this is so needed. And I think we so appreciate the fact that you're doing it in such a relevant way that people cannot say they don't, they don't understand what you're talking about. So again, that's what we're talking about on this morning. We're talking about mental health, mental wellness, and our very special guest is Dr. Ebony Morant. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Special thank you to all of our sponsors, McIver and Graham Law Firm, Waccamaw Primary Care, McKeever Funeral Home, City of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Coastal Carolina University, the Guinness Paradise Daycare, and Ruby's Next Level Experience. Welcome back to Sound Off Podcast. My name is Claudia Lance Schofield, joined by my co-host, Amanda Butler. And again, we're really honored to have as our very special guest, Dr. Ebony Morant. And our topic this morning is mental health, mental illness. And uh, we don't want to waste a lot of time because she is sharing such vital information. And so, Amanda, I'm coming back to you. Dr. Morant, can you share with us some recent statistics concerning our school age youth? Yes. Yes, Amanda. Um, I want to give a disclaimer. These statistics are startling. So uh, please uh, brace yourself, but it's important for listeners to hear them. Number one, mental health disorders is the leading disability for school age children with one out of five children reported as either living with a mental illness requiring or receiving services for mental, emotional, or behavioral issues, the leading disability. The second stat is a minority children living in poverty are reported as more vulnerable to mental health disorders and are less likely to receive access to services they need, meaning their mental health will become pervasive and long-standing. Third, school-age youth with mental health conditions that go untreated often result in low academic performance, high suspension rates, school dropout, and severe behavior challenges that often lead long into adulthood. Fourth, the fourth is, according to the United Health Foundation, children in South Carolina has the poorest mental health out of all the 50 states wow. in wow. our United States. I say that again, as I must. According to the United Health Foundation, children in South Carolina have the poorest mental health in the United States. Wow. I follow That's up alarming. by saying that statistics says that this is likened to a national public health crisis. Mm. Wow. So uh, we we have no time to play around. This is this is serious and it's a very that is very alarming the statistics you just gave. And so I and wanna... I have some dollar amounts to put to it if you don't mind. Go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the National Institute of Mental Health estimated costs associated with serious mental illness to exceed $300 billion per year. Wow. $300 billion. Listen to this. The cost of mental health across the globe, the globe across the world, reached $2.5 trillion 
in 2010 with a projected reach to $6 trillion in the year 2020. These stats are pre-COVID. I cannot fathom how much Mm. and the rate that that's gone up to after COVID. And that's what concerns me a little bit, though, because now I'm like, where is the money going? How is it being used? And the only reason why I ask that is because I used to work um, as a transition counselor. And so I worked specifically with students with disabilities. Um, And I think I just know that there were so many times where it had to deal with money or we don't have funding. We don't have. But like listening to those numbers, I'm like, now I'm concerned. (laughs) Well, the federal dollars have begun to pour in. They have. Mm -hmm. Now they've been there, but they're really pouring in now. And they are um, allocated to the education system at large. Mm -hmm. They're allocated to systems and the powers that be govern how these dollars are used. Um, And no punt. I think sometimes those that are in these positions of power to make these decisions don't always understand Mm -hmm. how or uh, the channels or the trenches. They don't understand the trench work that's needed with mental health. They don't understand the stats. They don't understand culture. They don't understand some of the dynamics that they must begin to understand so they can begin to allocate and set up some programs. We desperately need grassroots, especially rural areas. We must, it's imperative to have grassroots. You can't lump the rural areas and the rural systems and the rural uh, um, um, services into the whole because there are cultures within cultures with rural areas. So those people, we have to begin to set up multi- multidisciplinary committees to be able to decide and make the decisions about these things instead of singular people, instead of the older boards that may not, they are well-meaning, but may not be versed on the needs. So we need a multidisciplinary approach. Absolutely. And so I want to shift a little bit and talk to the preacher in you. Um, you know, let, let's talk. I want to talk about uh, mental illness, mental health as it relates to the faith community. A lot of those young people you're talking about probably are members of some of the churches that uh, that are connect church. You know, back in the day, and I, I still believe, I firmly believe that the faith community and churches are the beacon of the community, or should be. And so because if it's the beacon of the community, what should the voice of the faith community uh, say as it relates to mental health and mental illness? Oh, wow. Are you going to get me in just a bit of trouble, but I'm okay It needs to be heard. For the people in the back that don't hear so well. <laughs> I say this loudly to the people in the back, and I say it up front to the pulpit. It's okay to tell the truth. You know, there is a statement that we in the church like to say, God doesn't change. You're right. God doesn't change. But guess what? His methods do. Research the Bible. You can research the Bible all through. God didn't change, but how he did things and what he permitted absolutely did change. God is absolutely our primary source. Mm -hmm. God is absolutely sovereign. He's good. He's all of that. But 
an awesome strategy that I would love for the church to tell the truth about and to say yes to and to give permission to is therapy. That's right. Therapy is a strategy. It's not you putting God in the back. It's not you denying God, denying your faith. It's not you saying that you don't believe in God and the healing power of God. But the healing power of God is wrapped in strategy mm. for you to be mentally whole and sound. If not, we're going to continue to have people that are pervasively mentally ill right in the church. Mm-hmm. And in saying that, they are with us. They That's are right. in the pulpit. They are uh, greeters at the door. Mm-hmm. They are leading the choir. They are what this looks like. And since you got me out here, let me say what this can look like in the church. You can have people with psychosis. You think mm-hmm. they're in the spirit, but they're in a full psychotic episode. Mm. I've seen that. Absolutely. You can, you can have such major depression. You see sister so-and-so coming to the altar sad every Sunday. Yes, her soul may be sick, but she needs something. She needs something else. Mm. She needs a strategy. Tap in to discernment. The Holy Spirit is also leading with strategy. God gave us doctors. That's right. God gave us these medicines. Uh, God gave us these things so perhaps we can slow down and be able to gather ourselves to be able to make good decisions so we can be whole. So no, um, so no bad things can happen in the church. So we won't have reason to sweep things under the rug. That's right. mm-hmm. Let's give, let's start to be give, give permission to not be okay. So we can begin to be okay. After all, grief hits us all. I mean, we respond to it differently, but grief hits us all. It's okay for the church body to tell the pastor, your your family member just died. Pastor, take a few weeks off. Take a month off. Mm -hmm. That's the humanity in a person. It's okay. We are not spiritual all day long. I don't care how much you know God. I don't care how much relationship you have. You don't walk with him all day, not in the spirit. We are humans that live in the flesh. Therefore, we have to take care of our flesh. And taking care of our flesh is helping to take care of our spirit man as well. If your spirit man is sick, you go to the altar for repair. But if your mind is sick, you need to go to the doctor to assist with the repair. Wow. You know, Dr. Morant, you've said so many good things, but unfortunately, we're almost out of time. So what we would like for you to do is give us a recap. I think it's so vital, so important for our leaders, our church leaders, our administrators in the school, whatever the leadership capacity is, to begin to acknowledge when a mental illness needs to be acknowledged, to just acknowledge mental illness as a whole, give permission for people to get what they need. That way we don't have to sweep under the rug suicide. Mm-hmm. We don't have to sweep up under the rug detrimental things when they happen. A lot of people really don't realize some mental illness don't have to get to a bad level. It could be caught. It could be maintained. It can be drawn back in so that person can have a normal life and be able to maintain normalcy and get a grip on it. I say, I say to the listeners, 
thank you. Thank you for listening. And I say, advocate for yourself. Practice self-care. Say no when you need to say no. If you're not well, if you're sad, if you need to talk, say something. You don't have to be silent. Say something. Find someone who you trust and say that you need help. You need to talk. Tell them what you need. You matter. You need to know that you matter. I don't care what your title is. I don't care what your economic status reads. You matter. A mental illness doesn't have a status. It doesn't have a gender. It doesn't have those fancy things that we as people attach to it. Mental illness can hit anybody at any time. I say to you that you matter. Practice good self-care. Advocate for your children. When you see a loved one, when you notice these subtle changes, they're sleeping a lot. They're starting to isolate. They're starting to withdraw from things that they normally would have liked or been engaged in. And they're starting to add strength, give away their possessions that they once loved. Those are signs of depression. Anxiety, if they have aggression, if they're starting to behave differently, if they're starting to uh, go to substances to become closet drinkers, our children to become to smoke, drink, practice risky behavior, they're trying to feel something. I encourage you as your parent, community person, as a leader, to not just sweep it under the rug, to not be afraid to become aware of these things. And for you as a leader, you have a responsibility to say something. Pull them to the side. You don't have to announce it in the open. Pull them to the side. Tell them, I see you. I see you. Allow them to rest in silence in the moment of being seen. Ask them what they need. And then figure out a solution with a trained professional that's a counselor or a therapist listen i want to do another hand clap because this has been so good oh this my is everything and this is everything i'm trying to tell you dr Morant. we absolutely positively love you we appreciate you and thank you so much for sharing and uh to you our listeners we certainly appreciate you until next week god bless you our youth are being heard on sound off